Well, it's late at night, and we decided we are going to stay up late, and we hope that you are too. We want to welcome you to the Loving the Fight Marriage Podcast. My name is Dawn, and I'm sitting here with my husband and my co-host, Travis. Yeah, I'm here too, and I am so glad that you guys are tuning in. I don't know if you're up late or early in the morning or what it is, but man, we sure appreciate you taking the time to listen and really just focusing your lives and your marriage on Jesus. Yep, absolutely. We normally record these in the morning. We're morning people, but today was very busy, but productive day. Got a lot done at work. And so now we're sitting here like, you know what? Let's record our podcast because we have something we want to share with you all today. We definitely do. And it's going to be a good one because this is something that has never happened to us before. Maybe you just said that, Don, but it's true. Never happened to us before. And there's probably another couple out there that it has happened to, but we haven't met them yet. Yeah. And honestly, even as this happened and we were telling people what we did, people actually asked more questions because it's kind of a unique thing. A unique thing, a very rare thing. So Don, what did you do a week ago um, that is so unusual? I think I have to remind everyone, maybe this is your first time listening to the podcast. Travis and I, we are both pastors. And so that's what we do in our day jobs. We love our church. We love people. We love what we do. But when you are a pastor, there's certain things that you get to do as a part of your role. And that's like, you get to officiate weddings, you help with funerals, you do hospital visits, just so many cool things, life, you know, events that you get to be a part of. Well, this last week, we both officiated a wedding, which we was did. fun. And within seven days of each other, oh my. mine was last weekend and yours was this weekend. So we were kind of in wedding mode and just thoughts about the wedding. And as you're getting ready to write the message, you're just, you're thinking everything wedding. Everything. And you know, weddings are kind of wild, actually. They can be really crazy. I mean, that just kind of catapults me back to some of the other weddings that I've officiated in the past. Remember the time, Don, where I was officiating the wedding and I leaned over to the best man and I said, can I have the rings? Yes, and, I remember this well. And he just looked at me and the groom and it was digging in his pockets. And the, I mean, the best man forgot them, right? Well, I think he, it was his fault. I actually. don't think he just forgot them. He <laughs> lost them. <laughs> he left them upstairs yes. in the building and no one could find them. And no one told them that they were lost. And because he had, he had just set them there. Yeah. And so that was a little odd. I pulled my wedding ring finger off and, um, not your wedding ring finger. That would hurt. <laughs> your wedding ring. <laughs> my wedding off of ring finger. off of my <laughs> finger. And uh, yeah, I pulled it off and I handed it to him. I said, hey, you guys can use this. And they said, absolutely. You know, and we went really, on with the wedding. Yeah, I was in the audience and honestly, you couldn't really tell that that happened. You could see something a little bit, but it didn't ruin the wedding. Actually, it made it very memorable for the bride and groom because your hands are a little bit smaller. That, that groom had pretty big hands. Yeah, and so I think big, your ring hands. went to like his first knuckle. Like Maybe, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it worked. It worked in a pinch. And I also think of um, one of the ones that I officiated where uh, we had our backs to a, a beautiful lake and the bride and groom were facing the lake, but my back, I should say, was against the lake. And the whole uh, group of people that were there, the audience, the, the families and friends, uh, they were facing with the bride and groom the lake. And the wedding started, there was music, and we started to kind of say things and read scriptures or whatever it was. And then we got about seven minutes into the wedding, and that's when the bride leaned over at me and she said, hey, 
can you cut to the vows? And I was like, huh, what's going on? And then she looked over my shoulder and I turned and I looked and there was this massive wall of <laughs> water coming <laughs> yeah. across the lake. It was a huge storm and one of those pop-up shower storms and it was heading our way. And so I took her advice. I immediately cut to the vows. They agreed to be married before God. And then, oh my, <laughs> yep, a we storm. all got drenched. If rain is good luck on a wedding, they definitely would have, you know, they, their marriage oh, should be doing great right now. It absolutely it would be. You know, what's funny about that wedding is I was in the audience again. I think I've been to most of the weddings that you have officiated and I was the only one with an umbrella. And so I was like, okay, I'll just take out my umbrella. And, but I was sitting next to the sound guy and he had this huge system and he had no plastic or no oh, umbrella. So sad. And he had this panic on his face that it was going to ruin his equipment. And I was like, oh no, my hair. If I give him my umbrella, my hair is going to get destroyed. But of course I did. I handed him my umbrella. He was able to cover up his equipment and I just got soaked. But you, you, very memorable day. <laughs> you took one for Team Bride, I think oh, there. Yeah, yeah, that was absolutely. so nice of you. But yeah, they've spent tens of thousands of dollars and it was a seven minute wedding. Yeah, it what was you, a seven do do? minute wedding. Yeah, we've learned a lot over the last, what, 27 years of being in ministry, um, being able to just really have these life events with people. And they're amazing. One thing I really like about weddings, though, is you get a chance to meet the bride and groom. You know, you do some premarital counseling. We go through a thing called Symbus, which means uh, saving your marriage before it starts, an assessment. But you really get a chance to just get to know them and and, and listen to their story and, and listen to their life. And these last two couples, the one that I officiated and, and the couple that you did this weekend, what, man, we just really... They're amazing. Like they're yeah, awesome they couples. Were so they're cool. really trying to honor God with their life and with their relationship and putting God first. And so the whole process was was fun. And when you get to that day where you're actually doing the you know officiating and you get to announce them, husband and wife, and you know they can kiss their bride. It's such a special moment. It is that they get to share together knowing that they were honoring God, you know, with their relationship. Yeah, so true. And your wedding last weekend, obviously before mine, uh, this weekend, yours was beautiful, amazing, but there was something a little bit different, yeah, right? It was very hot. So you guys, we live in Minnesota, so it doesn't normally get hot, but it was just a hot day. We had an extremely hot and humid week. Like we were hitting the heat indexes and it was about, I don't know, closer 95, 97 degrees, just pure humidity. And so the wedding began and I could see the guests and the sun was just facing them. There was not an ounce of shade anywhere. Oh, we were no. outside and I felt like they were melting. I was like, oh no, they're melting. So my back is towards the sun. And so I'm, I'm definitely sweating um, on my back, but it wasn't on my face. And so as the couple came down, I looked at my watch and I was like, Oh no, this, these poor guests, like we have to get through this and cut to the vows. Yes, let's get to the vows. <laughs> um, so there's a couple things I actually cut out of that wedding because I felt so bad. So we, from start to finish, it was about 27 minutes. We tried to make it as special as possible. They wouldn't have known what I cut out, but I just felt so bad for the guests, but such a fun a wedding to be a part oh, of. And yeah. great couple. I brought up their cats and they thought that was amazing that I brought up their cat in the middle of their wedding and I included their, their, you know, their, their, uh, co-parenting right. skills on it's raising memorable. a cat. Yeah, but it was fun. They're uh, a neat couple. It's so cool. And then completely opposite, seven days later, the wedding that I officiated in terms of weather, you had 115 heat index. Oh, I don't wow. know what it was, it was but mine, uh, mine was 
barely 80 degrees and there was a breeze oh, and tons of shade. The and best weather. It was incredible weather. But again, just like your couple, uh, a different couple that, uh, man, they just wanted Jesus to be the focus of yep. their lives and their marriage. And such a fun experience. The biggest difference, though, honestly, you got to have a wedding date and I didn't. You weren't able That's to go true. to my That's wedding. True. You Thanks were for coming in the with. middle of church, so you weren't able to leave. But I got to be your wedding date and it was fun. We got to dress up and just really meet some cool people. Oh, so much fun. Well, as we thought about what the couples just did that got married these past two weekends, we kind of realized something, something that was kind of fun and, and kind of intriguing and, and maybe something that the Holy Spirit just pointed out. But it's this, couples actually go to the altar. I mean, that's what it's called, right? right they yep. come to the altar, they make their vows before God and their family and friends. And so, you know, we thought about that, how they go to get married at the wedding altar. And it's really cool because that same word is used in the Old Testament, that word altar. And what was it? It was a symbol of what God had done. And it was also, they would build an altar after God did something cool. And it was a way for them to physically remember, to always remember, to not forget what yep. God had done, to say, okay, we built this. We're never going to forget you, God. We're never going to forget. something it meant something. Yep. This great day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was so, so cool. But so how do we do that in marriage? Like, how do you build a spiritual altar for your marriage? A place where you can say, Hey, my marriage is built on Jesus Christ. And we're never going to forget that God, we know what you've done. We know what you've uh, worked in our hearts to get us to this point, but God, we also don't ever want to forget right, you. Yep. So there's this verse in the Bible that goes so well with this. It's found in James chapter four, verses seven through 10. And it says this, submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. This verse has some killer spiritual wisdom in it. But really, if you think about it, it's kind of a spiritual foundation of building an altar in your life. And in your marriage, I mean, what is it saying? It starts with submit to God. And I think that that is a great starting place in terms of we need to submit our thoughts. We need to submit, you know, our emotions. We need to submit our desires or the decisions that we're about to make. So submitting to God is really cool because we want to be our own gods sometimes, or we want to be in control of our own lives. And it's saying, no way, God, I'm going to let you be in, tr in control of my marriage. It then goes on to say, resist the devil and he will flee from you. So what does it mean to resist the devil? There's going to be temptations and things that are thrown at you and resist, like stop, do not allow them to come into your life or come into your heart. Resist it. Yeah. And I think resisting is also just saying no. No, yeah, yeah. you it's don't have a right no, yeah. here. You're not going to stay in my house. You're not going to stay in my life. You will not stay in my marriage. No, get out of here, yep. Satan. That's mm -hmm. really what you're saying. The next part of building the spiritual altar, it says draw close to God. And this is probably the most important part. When we draw close to God, we are saying, I'm going to pull myself away from my life. I'm going to pull myself away from my own desires, my own thoughts. 
and I'm just going to draw close to God and, and, and focus on him. But I don't know if you, you get a sense from the way this is talking, but draw close. It's kind of like snuggling up to your spouse on a cold winter night and you get as close as you possibly can get to them. And it feels so incredible. So amazing. And that's really the kind of connotation or the picture that this passage is, is really trying to paint mm. Draw close, get near him, let it, let yourself hear him breathe around you and, and uh, just to feel him that close to you. As we go further into this verse, it says to wash your spiritual hands. And it's funny, we tell our grandkids to wash the icky stickies off of their hands. And so they run to the sink and they make a mess, but they're washing their hands. And that's what we need to do. We need to get the junk, the garbage that's out of our, you know, in our lives and completely get rid of it, purify our hearts and just try to walk in that. Yeah. And when we get rid of those things, those sinful things that kind of build up in our life or even the guilt or the maybe the things that we've done wrong in the past and we get rid of all that, it unblocks our communication does, channel yep. between us and God and allows us to just walk in the spirit. And then the last thing it says, and really we're talking about spirit, building a spiritual altar in your marriage is it says to humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord. Yep. And that is really, really important. I think it's easy to get caught up in pride or to think that, well, hey, we've accomplished this or we've done that, or or even to put ourselves above right, others yep. and to look down on other people. But this just says, humble yourself. It what does, does that mean? Yeah. It means eat dirt, get on the ground, get as low as you possibly can get, and just realize that everything, and especially God, is far, far above you. So humble yourself, get low. And the benefit, it says that, you know, the, the kind of result when you do this in your individual life or in your marriage, it says, and he, who is the he? God, God, yep. God will lift you up. And that is so important. It's so cool to look at this scripture and then think about building that spiritual altar for our marriage. Again, we'll just, it talks about submitting to God and then resisting the devil, draw close to God, wash your spiritual hands and humble yourselves. Now those are five key steps. That's how we can build an altar, a spiritual altar for our marriage. Yeah. And by the way, it works. It does. Like you want personal and you want marital revival, like spiritual revival in your life. Do these things. Yeah. And God is going to show up. You're going to not have evil in your life. And such cool miracles are going to happen. So the last week or two, as we were preparing to officiate these weddings, and we think about the two young couples that we just officiated the weddings for, we think of some key things that every couple must simply do. It's really hard to officiate a wedding and think about marriage and the vows that they're making and not think of your own wedding. So both of us were like, man, like let's focus on our marriage. Let's really look into it. So what are some simple things that every couple must do? You, you guys, we get to celebrate our anniversary in just a few weeks. We yeah, will hit that, that milestone. And um, honestly, 31 years we will hit. And wow. It's amazing. I can't believe it's been 30 
one years. But there is some things, simple things that we can just wanted to share with you guys before we, you know, leave for the night or go be- go to bed because it's so late that we just want to let you guys know. Yeah, things that we wish somebody would have told us 31 years ago, things that uh, are, are absolute musts in yep. a marriage. And again, I feel like they are simple things, but things that you might have to, you know, have it be- become a part of your routine, get used to. But the first one is just pray together daily and worship together weekly. This has to be a non-negotiable if you want to resist the devil and to draw close to God. Again, make sure you're doing that daily and weekly. The next thing is to look to the needs of your spouse. Help them to become all that God wants them to be. Make your marriage about your spouse and helping them succeed at all that God has for them. Again, just really making sure that you're you're uplifting your spouse and you're encouraging them and you're loving on them. Yeah, I think, Don, when you do that for me in our marriage and you're just encouraging me, you're doing all these nice things for me, you're helping me to become you know, that, that, that kind of person that can succeed in the will that God has for my life, man, you just explode the goodwill in our marriage. And it makes me just in turn go, oh my gosh, she's helping me so much. She's helping me to, to do the things that God has for me. I want to help her. I want to, you know, have goodwill towards her. And it's so cyclical and it just creates this tidal wave of goodness that splashes back and forth between a husband and wife. Another thing is to make sexual intimacy a top priority. If it's a top priority, then you won't think about using it as a weapon and you will both have a deeper glue that will hold you together. I love that this last weekend, Travis, you actually talked, you said the word sex as you were officiating the wedding. And it's funny because you don't normally hear that word, but it's so true. These couples were about to, man, enjoy sex for the first time together and celebrate that. But that God made sexual intimacy for marriage. So make it a top priority. Yeah. It's kind of wild because in the Bible, and I'm putting this in my own words, but the Bible literally says to couples, don't stop having sex unless you're praying and fasting right? and then come right back together again, because it says, otherwise the devil will tempt you. Yeah. And in a way it really does start to allow the evil one to creep back into your life. If you're not staying close together and just right. again, almost that closeness that we talked about with God earlier, but that closeness with your spouse, that intimacy right. that is amazing. You know, we just went through three of the five things that every couple must simply do. The next one is this. And I, I always talk about saying, I need to get this tattooed on my arm, but it's be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to become angry. Ultimately control your emotions in all situations, in all circumstances to the best of your ability. We're human and we're going to have bad days, but do your best to make sure that you're quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to become angry. And lastly, protect your marriage at all costs and literally fight for it, both physically and spiritually. Man, we call this podcast loving the fight. We do. There's a reason we do that. You guys fight for your marriage. Don't give up. Keep going after the enemy and say, no, I am not going to allow the enemy to come in, get in between us and destroy our marriage and stand firm in that. Yeah. I think it's an an all out war. I think that when a husband and wife realizes that if they're going to, you know, we're crossing 31 year line of like, okay, we've been together this long. Dawn, on 31 years, have we ever had to fight for our marriage? Oh, yeah, absolutely. 
Every single day we have to fight for our marriage. Yeah. And then there's, you know, there's those little things every single day that we're fighting together against whatever is trying to pull us apart. But, you know, I even remember there are moments in our lives where maybe somebody tried to uh, reach out to me uh, romantically, or maybe somebody was flirting with you, or, or maybe there was just the pressure of life or the stress of our jobs or whatever it is that's just trying to pull us apart. And, you know, in those moments, it's like, no, we, we rip up the note from the person that, you know, at work that's flirting with us, or, or we, you know, put up the, the picture of your spouse, me, your husband (laughs) on your desk or whatever it is. It's like, sometimes it's physically. So we're not talking physically fight against somebody else, but sometimes it's, it is like, no, I'm not going to be a part of this and I'm going to completely go the other direction. Yeah, that's good. I appreciate that. And it's something that we have to choose to do every single day. Well, hey, everyone, I think it's about time for bed like we started off. This is a late podcast for us, and so we are about to crawl into bed. But we just want to thank you for listening to this episode of the Loving the Fight Marriage Podcast. Remember, you can do it. You got this. Keep loving the fight. We'll see you next time.